Well, hey there, love. You're listening to episode five of the Being and Doing Now podcast, where we explore what it means to know yourself better, love yourself more, and share from the heart. housekeeping things to mention if you will bear with me for just a minute. First, I want to thank you for your patience in the gap that there has been since episode four. Shortly after I posted episode four, my little munchkin of a dog, Clifford, passed away. He was with me for about 12 years. He was my little love, an amazing being whose time I knew intuitively had come to a close in this experience. And even knowing that intuitively, you may have had this experience too, that when it does happen, it just, it really hit me harder than I expected it to. And I needed more time to grieve all of that before being ready to fully engage again. So thank you so much for your patience with that. And thank you also, this is the second thing, for your forbearance. At the end of episode four, I mentioned that this episode would be about the usefulness of pain and anger. And I will get to that topic in a future episode. But what I was really feeling nudged to talk about today is a follow-up to episode four and the really fabulous discussion that Susan Cadley and I had about boundaries. So today we will be talking about five keys to setting boundaries and cultivating loving relationships. It's both a summary of what we talked about all in one spot and a little bit of a different take in some instances on the whole thing. So here we go. Number five is guilt and navigating the feeling of guilt. Now, if as a child you had the experience of being more of an extension of another person rather than being honored and seen and valued as an individual, or if you've experienced that even in your adult life and it kind of threw you out of alignment with what you know to be true about yourself and maybe doubt yourself or doubt your decisions, second guess yourself, that kind of thing. Whatever your experience has been, if you feel any little twinge of guilt about even the idea of setting and maintaining effective interpersonal boundaries, it's okay. It could be due to not having this kind of thing modeled for you effectively and lovingly and in a healthy way. So when you leave your home, do you lock the door? Do you keep it locked while you're gone? And then when you come home, do you lock the door behind you or lock it for the night? If so, you are setting a boundary, right? That just may seem obvious to you. So you are already engaging in a boundary setting exercise when you lock your door. And also, if you are sitting on a bus and someone comes over and sits next to you and gets right in your space or wants to lean over into your space, your probably automatic reaction is to either move over or to kind of move away from someone who is violating the boundary of your personal space. And it might be more instinctive or instinctual or intuitive for you to do that, or you might just do it automatically. By doing that, you are already, again, recognizing that there is a boundary there, and you are taking some kind of action to ensure that that boundary is honored. And if that person continues to get into your space, 
you may go ahead and say something. And you probably do the same for children you love, your own children, your grandchildren, even if it were a friend's child. You would recognize and enforce, really, boundaries that have to do with that child's safety and well-being. So you can do it for yourself. It's just that when it comes to something that we need for ourselves, it may feel selfish. It may feel self-centered. We may feel guilt about doing that. But you can do it, you do do it in other circumstances, and not only can you do it for yourself, but it is okay to do it for yourself. More than okay, really, because those effective boundaries help keep us healthy and our relationships healthy. So they're necessary. You know, Robert Frost said in his iconic poem, Mending Wall, that good fences make good neighbors. And he's right. Good fences do make good neighbors, and good interpersonal boundaries do make for better and more effective and more joyful relationships. So number four, if you are in the process of either setting boundaries, if you feel like you haven't done that very well, or if you're looking at them again or revamping them or maybe fortifying them, look deeper. Here's what I mean by that. If you find that something annoys you, or feels rude to you, or feels like someone is doing something that violates just simple common sense, common courtesy, that's a clue about what you're feeling. And it's often a huge clue about your boundary, where your boundary might be. So look deeper, feel deeper, feel into the emotion, kind of step away from the act or the incident, or the event itself, or the circumstance, and f see if you can feel what the emotion is that you're feeling there, and name it, right? Say, wow, I feel really angry about that, or wow, I feel really sad about that. So whatever it is, whatever the emotion is, name it, and then sit with that. Again, not in judgment, just in observation, and then see if you can feel even deeper. You can utilize both your feeling nature and your mind and what you know about yourself to see what need is underneath that emotion. It's probably a need that is not being met. And by recognizing and identifying and acknowledging both the emotion and the unmet need that you may have, you can better go ahead and meet that need for yourself. That alone, getting that need met for yourself, by yourself, or feeling what's called agency or the empowerment that comes with meeting that need for yourself may very well make the emotion dissolve and whatever reaction or response you have to someone else doing something that ticks you off, right? And it also gives you a good idea of where your boundary might be. It's more information about that. So good clues, good information, and a good way to go deeper, because usually the thing that we think is the thing is not the thing, right? So, and we get caught up in the, the surface level thing that we think it is, and we try to figure it out from there when the answers really lie at a deeper level. So that's what I mean about the thing that we think is the thing is not the thing. So number three, awareness. Awareness is huge, and there's two parts to this. There's self-awareness in terms of what being aware of what we are bringing to something and how we are participating, which we'll talk about a lot in future podcasts, but self-awareness and then 
more of a general kind of awareness that we are all at different stages with this boundaries thing. We are all also at different stages with growth and expansion and maturity and spiritual development and spiritual, I mean, everything. So you may be really good at setting boundaries, or you may be really good at setting boundaries because you've worked on that or because you've been aware of that and you've implemented and you've practiced. So you've developed an awareness, right? Whereas somebody else might just be at those budding beginning stages of becoming aware. And then you might, might meet up with people who seem like experts at setting boundaries, who do it not only effectively, but who do it in a way where it doesn't cut, right? Where it doesn't feel sharp. The edges don't feel sharp. They feel gentle. They recognize and acknowledge and honor you and at the same time honoring themselves. So awareness, 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 and with it, kindness, 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 right? And compassion, compassion, compassion. Also, having the awareness that boundaries are going to look and feel different for everybody. And with that awareness, we can also be in tune with the fact that just as we want our own boundaries to be honored, we want to be aware of and honor the boundaries of other people, right? It's not just all about us and getting what we need and everybody else is kind of left to figure it out on their own, right? Or getting upset because you've expressed a boundary and somebody is not honoring it without realizing everybody has boundaries. Everybody has a need for boundaries. So the more that we recognize and honor our own boundaries, our awareness expands about recognizing and honoring the boundaries of other people, which is so important. So number two, know that you will have your boundaries crossed. People are going to cross your boundaries. Sometimes they know what they're doing. Sometimes they do it in a very intentional and hurtful way. And sometimes people do it really unconsciously because we're all different, right? So where our boundaries are and what might be sensitive for us may not be the same for other people. So they don't know necessarily that they've crossed a boundary. Maybe they don't have a very high level of self-awareness, or maybe they haven't taken the time and the energy or set the intention to really know you better and to understand where your sensitive spots are. So we're dealing with all sorts of things, even in our own, as we try to navigate our own path and our own way. When we interact with other people, we meet people in all sorts of different places. So in terms of the boundary crossing, I've had that happen. And it's happened with some people that I'm currently still in relationship with and some I'm not in relationship with currently. And I have found that there are a couple of things that make a huge difference to me when a boundary gets crossed and whether I choose to continue a relationship or not. One of those things is whether it does feel intentional and not just once, but more than once, because more than once can become a pattern. And if I feel that I'm in relationship with someone who does not genuinely honor who I am, does not recognize that certain behaviors are hurtful in general with people or specifically that feel hurtful to me, you know, then I really have to look at that. I have to look at the patterns of things. I do look at my own piece of things. I do attempt to communicate and share how I feel about things or how I felt as a result of certain behavior or whatever, but I know that I can't change that person. And I have to be aware in loving myself of who whom I'm choosing to be in relationship with. 
So that's a huge thing. You know, whether the intention is there to deliberately cross a boundary or to deliberately be hurtful. So after intention, what I look at is when someone has crossed a boundary but they genuinely did it unintentionally. They didn't realize at the time the impact that it was going to have. They realized after when I shared and they could feel how much of an impact it had, kind of unknowingly to begin with. And then after there was a realization. And that is huge because then if there's an awareness, wow, I really did something that felt hurtful to someone I care about, then you can have a conversation, then you can communicate. I was able to say I felt really hurt and I need some time to let that fade away because it feels sharp, it feels hurtful. So giving myself some space, letting the other person know that I needed some space. And in one instance, I didn't cut the relationship off, but I did take time and space for myself and it probably lasted about six months to really let the sharpness of that hurt kind of fade and really holding that space lovingly for myself and for the other person and recognizing that it was not done intentionally and communicating about what I felt, all of that helped to preserve a relationship that was really meaningful to me and was otherwise healthy and has continued to be healthy. It's been a beautiful relationship. But when, again, if it happens repeatedly, then you're probably dealing with someone who has some issues that you are not going to be able to resolve interpersonally or that being in relationship with you is not going to help them resolve. So then you'll have to make a decision about whether or not you want to continue the relationship. So just to wrap up this thought, we have to communicate clearly. We've got to hold ourselves, hold the space for ourselves and for other people. We've got to allow for some flexibility, for some mistakes, for some genuinely unintentional boundary crossing, all of that kind of thing. Number one. So if you take away nothing else from this episode or this discussion about boundaries, I hope that you will really hear this and remember this. And that is that healthy boundaries actually help bring us together and love each other more. Now, it seems like a paradox, and we talked about paradox back in episode three, titled Being Genius. So if you want to go back and listen to that, feel free to do so. But in all the discussion of boundaries and, you know, in episode four, Susan Cadley and I talked about fences. We talked about a house which has a door and walls and all of that kind of thing. And I think it can be easy to think of boundaries as things that keep people out. In some ways, that is very true. You know, Susan referred to that in our discussion. She talked about boundaries in terms of who are you letting in and who are you keeping out? And I think what can happen sometimes is that we think about the who are we keeping out piece and yet we don't necessarily think about the who we're letting in piece. You know, we have more of a vigilance about keeping out than an awareness of the allowing in. It's because if we are paying attention if we are really paying attention to what others tell us about what is important to them and where their boundaries are, we can understand them better. It's a tool for understanding the people we care about and love better. And then that greater understanding leads us to have greater compassion for that person, for what they're feeling, for what they have been through, for what they are going through. And that the understanding and the compassion together lead to a deeper connection and love when we allow it. So 
And all the talk about, again, house metaphor, walls, fences, boundary lines on property, you know, all of that kind of thing. It's really just concepts to help us understand something that is much deeper than that. And it's by knowing about and understanding our most sensitive places within ourselves and the most sensitive places in the people we care about and love, and even the people we happen to meet on the street, knowing that they're in their own place with their own stuff, just like we are. It's a way to help us better love one another. So this can all help bring us closer together if we can see that and understand what it means to genuinely love and honor one another. So my love, that is all for today. Thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate and value you and your presence. And if you want to feel more joy and freedom in your life, have happy and loving relationships, and help transform the world just by being you, let's get together by phone. We'll spend 45 minutes talking about who you're being and what you're doing now, along with who you want to be and what you want to experience. And you'll come away from that session with a clear strategy to help you get there. By the way, there is no fee for this time together. So head on over to beingandoingnow.com, click the work with me tab and go ahead and schedule your free session. And if you find value in this podcast, please go over to iTunes and give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and share it with a friend. All of those things not only help get the word out about the show tremendously, but it also does people a great service. People who are looking for this information and this transformation, and you can be the bridge between what they are seeking and desiring and this show. So thank you so much for being willing to be that bridge for people. And I look forward to being with you on the next episode. In the meantime, please remember that you make the world a better place by knowing yourself better, loving yourself more, and sharing from the heart. Keep doing you, my love. Ciao for now.